Hi, I'm Katie Marquette, and you're listening to Born of Wonder. And here there is something more than just a transient experience. It's about uh, being. It's about the things that matter to me. It's about the white spaces between the paragraphs. Then God said, let there be light. It's a mistake you always made, Doc, trying to love a wild thing. Every time a bell rings and Angel Angel gets its wings, that's right. Angel. You say Angel? Yeah. You say Angel? Angel. That's right. Angel. Every time a bell rings and Angel gets its wings. An angel gets its wings. Hello and welcome to Born of Wonder. I'm Katie Marquette and on this show we explore anything and everything that inspires wonder and awe in the world. So glad to have you listening. Happy feast day. It is the feast of Saint Lucia, virgin and martyr, a saint of such renown. She is one of the saints mentioned by name in the Roman canon of the mass, one of only seven female saints listed. Incredible story of Saint Lucy. Uh, We go back in time to the tumultuous Uh, Roman persecutions, uh, Christians being forced into hiding in underground catacombs, uh, the devout and pious Lucy making her way down into those dark passageways, her arms full of food, supplies for the faithful, a wreath of candles on her head lighting the way. Her jealous and jilted pagan fiance uh, would end up reporting her to the authorities and they would try to make her an example to other Christians to scare them off. Miraculously, she was spared many of the torments attempted, but she was ultimately martyred, her eyes gouged out, uh, hence her patronage of the blind, and uh, that was in 304 AD, and we celebrate her today. We celebrate light in the darkness as we approach the winter solstice, the darkest night of the year, right before Christmas, as we uh, as we acknowledge, celebrate, and uh, behold light coming back into the world, that uh, light always comes back. You can read more about St. Lucy and uh, uh, St. Lucia Day traditions. I have a recipe for St. Lucia saffron buns. Um, I think the recipe's from Sweden. Um, I haven't tried them myself, but uh, I also have a link to some electric candle wreath options uh, if you want your little girl to be able to dress up as Saint Saint Lucia, which is a, is a great tradition. You can just follow the link in the show notes to a blog post I wrote last year um, called The Light Shines in the Darkness, where I I, uh, I, I talked a lot about St. Lucy, and I also talked about the amazing Advent Rorate Mass uh, that I go to every year. I mentioned it on last week's episode. I did end up going on Saturday. Uh, thanks be to God and thanks be to Chris <laughs> uh, for, you know, I don't know, just making sure that I actually got up at 4 a.m. and you know, he stayed with Jojo and everything, and she actually was, you know, had like a good night's sleep. Uh, so he wasn't, you know, exhausted from having to go in with her, uh, which has been the norm lately. But anyway, um, one of my friends 
accompanied me. We held each other accountable to this early wake up and uh, drove downtown, went to the Rorate Mass at the Shrine of St. Alphonsus in Baltimore City. Incredible place, um, beautiful, beautiful parish. Uh, I'm gonna post some pictures on Instagram today and you can also see a lot of pictures that I posted um, in in that essay that I mentioned. Uh, you just imagine this, it's sort of a European style church, you know, these soaring stained glass windows and everything that you can't see when you first go in because it's well before dawn. Everybody just is holding a candle and as the sun comes up, sort of illuminates these stained glass windows. Everybody's there with candles. The altar is just, it's like a hundred candles on it. It's, it's just incredible. It's absolutely unreal. Um, I did uh, record some audio from the mass. I'm going to play that for you at the end of the episode. But in any case, I hope that you are able to celebrate uh, celebrate today in some way. Just remember that uh, that light shines in the darkness. You can go back to last week's episode, um, which I got out a little late, but still out, um, where I talk about Lord of the Rings and um, how Lord of the Rings is helping me enter deeper into Advent. Remember Gladriel when she says, uh, may it be a light to you when all other lights go out. Actually, the priest referenced that in his homily uh, two, two, two Rorate masses ago. So it's always amazing when Lord of the Rings makes its way into the mass, isn't it? Um, <laughs> Tolkien would be happy. So anyway, today's episode, though, is all about uh, really is, is about second chances. It's about the second chance that we are given in Christmas in the Carnation. Uh, it is about the, that, the, the fact that Christmas itself is a redemption story. It's a second chance for humanity, for a fallen humanity, and how some of our favorite stories uh, really, really um, bring that message home to us. Of course, uh, started the episode there with some audio, teaching Jojo the important things uh, about life. Yeah, the theology's a little wonky <laughs> uh, about angels getting their wings, but it's from It's Wonderful Life. So, you know, anytime a bell rings, an angel gets its wings, right? So uh, I'm going to read to you from an essay I wrote a couple years ago called Christmas is About Second Chances. And I hope it inspires you to uh, view this time as a second chance. I know we have New Year's coming up, which uh, gives a lot of people sort of that fresh start feeling. But you can start feeling that right now. Um, I'm recording this on Godete Sunday, uh, Rejoice, Joy-Filled Sunday, third Sunday in Advent. Uh, we, we have good reason to be joyful. Christmas is coming. Uh, the, the second chance has been offered to humanity, to you and me. So let's celebrate, uh, celebrate that second chance. So I will read to you from that essay. And then, like I said, I will end the episode with some of the um, beautiful polyphony Gregorian chant from that Rorate Mass that I was able to go to this past weekend. Um, so yeah, as always, follow me uh, online, bornofwonder.com. You can email me there. Thank you for some recent emails. I've gotten some very encouraging messages. Um, one or two of you said uh, that you would be interested in a Substack if I started one, and that is motivating to me. Uh, I think maybe that might be sort of my New Year's thing that I do is start a Substack. If you don't know what Substack is, it's sort of like Patreon, but um, it's really more writing based. Uh, it's it's like you can receive uh, newsletters, things like that. Content is sent to your email um, at, for, uh, you know, a fee every month. Uh, and right now I do, I, I'm way behind. I think I'm like months behind, but I do like sort of an email newsletter 
through the blog, um, but I have a lot of sort of essay ideas sort of swirling around in my mind um, that I would love to share with you, but I'm thinking maybe I would just move those ideas onto the Substack platform and sort of flesh out what I do in my email newsletter and have book recommendations and music recommendations, things around, you know, the news and also have some sort of um, essay, you know, based on, you know, literature, theology, well, anything really, born of wonder, anything that inspires wonder, right? So, um, and maybe that would sort of fill the gap to, uh, well, I take a little bit of a uh, hiatus uh, after the new baby comes um, from the podcast. I don't know if it's unrealistic or not, but I'm sort of picturing having actually a little time to do some writing, do some thinking on these topics. Um, you know, well, uh, Chris and my mother-in-law are running around with Jojo and I have like sort of a conked out newborn on my chest. I'm sort of picturing that I will have some time for that. That may be delusional. We'll see. But <laughs> it certainly would motivate me to, to, to keep thinking in that space and, and write and everything. So I will keep you posted on that. Uh, but in the meantime, if you would like to support the podcast, you can go to Patreon and do that for $2 a month. And I would love to send you a thank you card. If you do that, just send me your address. You can follow the link in the show notes or on the website. Follow me on Instagram, uh, born of wonder, uh, at born of wonder. Sort of my new Instagram thing these days is I delete the app or block the app during the day. And then I allow myself like a half hour or 45 minutes at the end of the day uh, to get on my social media platform. So I don't know, that's kind of what's working right now. I'm always, navigating that world uh with more or less success but um this time of year as I do send out Christmas cards to you know quite a few people that I only know uh via online but who have become good friends over the years as we exchange emails some of them have been guests on the podcast as we follow along with each other's lives and uh sort of solidarity in realms of parenting and faith and all sorts of things uh, I realize uh the many good things that have come to me um, through those platforms so I am grateful for that but enough of me rambling on let's get going on today's episode Christmas is all about second chances Marley was dead to begin with. So starts Charles Dickens' beloved novella, A Christmas Carol. You are fettered, said Scrooge, trembling. Tell me why. I wear the chain I forged in life, replied the ghost. I made it link by link and yard by yard. I girded it on my own free will, and of my own free will I wore it. By the time Christmas morning dawns, a petrified Ebenezer Scrooge has seen his former business partner dragged down by the chains of regret. He has seen his own grave, unadorned, unmourned. He has seen tragedy, the avoidable and premature death of a young boy. He has watched his home, his precious belongings, fought over by rough and angry people. He has watched his death bring happiness and relief to those indebted to him. He has seen two children, ignorance and want. He has turned to the pale shaded eyes of the ghost of Christmas future. Are these the shadows of the things that will be, or are they the shadows of things that may be? The ghost only points at the grave. A bleak and disturbing scene for a classic Christmas story, and yet, as in all good Christmas stories, there is a happy ending, a second chance. Ebenezer Scrooge, given a painful glimpse into Christmas past, future, and present, must make a choice. A moment of grace has been offered to him. Continue on as before or fix his ways. 
Christmas is a time of recollection, rediscovery, and redemption. Scrooge wakes up from his nightmares to the sound of church bells. Scrooge, once the bitterest, most selfish man in town, makes good on the lessons he learned. He becomes a man who, quote, knew how to keep Christmas in his heart. This new, kindly Scrooge is welcomed with open arms. He becomes a good employer, a good friend, and even a second father to Tiny Tim. Anyone who has read other essays on this blog knows that I am a true believer in the spiritual benefits of memento mori, remember you must die. While this might seem like a bleak theme for the season of joy and thanksgiving, many of our favorite Christmas stories are also tied up with death. Scrooge, seeing death for what it is, changes his ways. He opens his eyes in wonderment, in gratitude to be alive, in amazement that there is still time to rectify all that has gone wrong in his life. Christmas, you see, is about second chances. Another story of redemption comes in the character of George Bailey, played with incredible charm and depth by Jimmy Stewart in the 1947 film, It's a Wonderful Life. And George Bailey has a good life. He loves his wife and children, he has many friends, and he runs a local business of immense importance to the town. But it is not the life he dreamed of. It is a quiet life, lacking the flash and verve that a young George dreamed he would find in the nomadic life of wide-eyed explorer. His house is drafty and he never seems to have enough money. This quiet dissatisfaction grumbles below the surface when a true calamity occurs. Uncle Billy has misplaced a significant amount of the bank's money. Someone is going to be accused of stealing that money. Someone is going to prison, likely George. Feeling helpless, George considers and attempts suicide. Much as Scrooge is given a second chance, an opportunity to see the truth of his own life, George, guided by a kindly would-be angel Clarence, sees life in Bedford Falls as it would have been if he had never been born. George may have grown up with visions of boating down the Nile and hopping trains across Europe, but his small and quiet life in Bedford Falls has made its mark on the world. He saved his brother's life, he saved the local pharmacist from jail time and scandal. He fell in love. He had children. He ran a legitimate and principled business that saved the town from a miserly and uncaring Mr. Potter. The lessons of It's a Wonderful Life are manifold. G.K. Chesterton's pronouncement that the most extraordinary thing in the world is an ordinary man and an ordinary woman and their ordinary children rings true here. In his small and honest way, George Bailey changed many lives for the better. It is also important to note that, like in A Christmas Carol, George Bailey wakes up to an unchanged world. The bank examiner is still searching for him. The money is still missing. It's George who has changed. He grins wildly, shouting Merry Christmas to the entire town, seeing his wonderfully ordinary life as if for the first time. Like Scrooge, he wakes to find the world filled with wonder, and he is in awe. And also like Scrooge, George learns to trust and rest in the kindness of his family and friends. It is their benevolence that saves the day. The entire town donates the missing money, and even the bank examiner joins in on a lively singing of Auld Lang Syne. To my big brother George, the richest man in town. <laughs> Advent is a time when the reality of our lives is made clear to us. 
For all the sentimentality of the season, there is an honesty in this, because life is truly very, very good. And it is not good because of the presence under the tree. It is good because of our capacity to love and care for one another. Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas teaches us that you cannot steal Christmas. You cannot rob the redeemed heart of its joy. You simply cannot touch or hurt what Christmas is truly about. The second chance given to humanity in the incarnation. Christmas also teaches us to look up and look again. Our material circumstances may not change. The challenges and worries and struggles we face may not change, but we are changed. Charlie Brown's sad-looking Christmas tree does not transform into a full and healthy fir. Reminded by Linus what the season is really about, unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Charlie Brown's friends realize they've been looking at things all wrong. I never thought it was such a bad little tree. It's not bad at all, really. Maybe it just needs a little love. So there we go. All the great Christmas stories are about second chances, none more so than the Christmas story, the story of Christ, the baby in a manger, and the miracle of miracles, the redemption of humanity, uh, the second chance we all need and desire. So I hope that that's inspiring to you. And I hope, you know, as you listen to the mass readings and things like that during Advent, you'll hear these themes of stay awake, awake, you know, wake up, look again. Um, and I think it's, it, it is that theme of, uh, just, just waking up to the reality of your life and the reality uh, of what's been given to us, the immense gift that's been given to us. So I hope um, I hope you are having a beautiful Advent season. Hope that it was a joyful, joyful Gaudete Sunday for you and that you are having a beautiful, uh, you know, candlelit St. Lucy's Day and uh, and that Christmas isn't is, is sort of coming at the right pace, not too fast, not too slow, right? I sort of can't believe we're already at the third Sunday, but it's okay. It always goes fast, but but um, but I'm I'm just I'm really trying to enter into it um, as as I feel my my little my little baby kicking away uh, impatiently. <laughs> um, I I feel that I feel that impatience for sure. I feel that that waiting, that excitement, um, and uh, and just the the undeserved gift that all, all of this is. So, I'm going to end here with uh, with some some of the the chant from that incredible Rorate Mass at St. Alphonsus. I hope you get to go to a Rorate Mass someday. If you haven't, it's beautiful. Um, maybe you'll get to go to midnight candlelit uh, Christmas Eve service, something like that. Um, I think our Christmas plans will be totally dependent on whether or not the toddler is still nap striking or not, <laughs> what that will look like. Uh, I don't know. So we'll see. It's, it's an adventure. It's all an adventure. So uh, yes, happy Advent, happy December. Uh, I have a great interview to share with you next week, so stay, stay tuned for that. Uh, it will help you navigate the sometimes difficult family situations we find ourselves in this time of year. So, so stay tuned. Uh, and as always, I'm Katie Marquette. This is Born of Wonder. Thank you for listening.
And here there is something more than just a transient experience. It's about uh, being. It's about the things that matter to me. It's about the white spaces between the paragraphs. Then God said, let there be light. It's a mistake you always made, Doc, trying to love a wild thing. <laughs>